0: We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a breaking content warning. This podcast, which has escaped and is headed towards Slaughter Swamp, has occasionally been known to talk about dirty things, including penises, and often says the fuck word. You have been warned.
1: Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your Aeronauts, and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to Slaughter Swamp in order to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach... What's our question this week? Who was the
0: first teen
1: superhero? Okay, let me see. I might be able to narrow this down. I was going to say, I
0: wanted you both to guess before I actually gave out an answer.
1: The obvious answer, and therefore the wrong one, is Spider Man. (laughs) Damn, you just
2: stole my joke. Editor and I, I was going I to say Miles Morales. <laughs> God damn it, you two. I want to guess Captain Marvel um, or whatever, his Billy Batson.
0: Billy Batson is really unclear. Um, yeah. Because um, Billy's only like 10 years old in the original appearance. And, he, I mean, he's not because he appears a few years later, but, I mean, who counts as this is actually really tight because a lot of characters were created between 1939 when the comics started and, like, 1949. Oh, wow.
2: Really small window.
0: A really small window, and we don't have super close keeping track of those. So some of them are like, early 1941 is when this book came out. So I have two guesses, I guess. Okay. Captain America. That was going to be one of the things. No, he came out in 1941. But there's the question of, does he count as a teen superhero when he first appears? Is Is he a teenager? His age is never officially given, but he's enlisting in the army, and he's portrayed as a pretty young kid. I
1: think some of the dates can possibly estimate him as being around 19 when he took the it's
0: supers. It's generally thought that he's somewhere between 18 and 20 when he
2: first takes the thing. And see, I always imagined, based on my understanding, that he was, like, trying to enlist and couldn't get
0: in. Yes, but he was of enlistment age, and this was before the
2: draft started, so they were oh. still only taking what's what's the enlistment age at that point then i have no idea but because it could have been earlier than fucking 18 well no I it, don't it starts know. at
0: 18 a lot of people lied
2: oh okay, uh, yeah. but so then he could
0: it, be ra- it okay. was only till later on when the draft started and they started calling people in that older people started being taken in the general enlistment age of the military somewhere between like 18 to 25 or something oh. and after that they're like you're old now Marvel Boy? I can't believe you just got this fucking right. Do you know which Marvel Boy? No, I don't. Okay. So, actually, you might have gotten this right. I was going to say, I was expecting one of you two to put out Robin. The answer is not... I mean, the answer is wrong for a couple reasons, but one of them... He didn't come out for a while, right? No, actually, he came out in 1940. He predated a couple people we've mentioned here, including Captain America.
2: He's not a teenager? He's
0: not a teenager. It is d- His original age is not given, but in the first year of his appearances, his birthday party happens. How old do you think he is in this
2: birthday party? 28.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. 7. 11? nine years old oh fuck
2: <laughs> oh no I was hoping he was going to be older and not a teen at
0: all he's not... also definitely talking about how he's excited to hopefully get a bat plane on his ninth birthday
2: oh no <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all now
0: this has been pretty heavily retconned in the modern day he's somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15
2: that's not better it's I mean, significantly, significantly better, better. better. it's I, still I, not good I'm it's not good. good Okay, it's not good it's, still, it's better but it's not good <laughs>
0: Um, sometimes they're implying he's up to like eighteen. That doesn't work for me. I think Robin should join somewhere between twelve and fifteen. And you know what? We can call Batman out, and he does get called out for bringing in kids.
2: Okay, I will also say on the other end. Just thinking about uh the how was it Batman and Robin with the, the, the live action? Oh, movie. with Chris O'Donnell with a Chris O'Donnell where he's
0: clearly like twenty five and it's super <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and the
2: idea of adopting him or making him his ward is just like yo dog. Is uh, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> Is does, is is he? I will argue alive for alive. Batman Forever forever
0: as a movie, but like no, Chris O'Donnell is way too old to play Robin. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, so. On that end of that Spectrum 2, I don't like it any better.
0: It's one of those, and we talk about this on the show a lot, that you just kind of have to, like, smile and nod and let it go. With team sidekicks. With someone like Spider-Man, I'm 16 years old, I'm just going to start, and who's going to stop me? Sure. That makes sense. But, like, you're my ward. Let's Here, go wear these bright colors the and ass. go
2: kick Two-Face. in the face is... <laughs> Bruce, you should not be doing this. You should have enough sense to know this is wrong. Oh, completely unrelated.
0: I saw a thing, uh, fan casting John Hamm as Two-Face, and I desperately want that to happen. That's such a good... Ooh, yeah. Anyways... Okay, so one of the two options is Marvel Boy. We are going to talk about him. Re- Actually, I'm going to give the other option, and you're going to tell me whether you think it counts or not. Okay. Namor the Submariner. Oh, right, because he's really Namor the Submariner first appears in 1939. His mother in the first issue talks about meeting his father in the year 1920. Now they also implied that that was 20 years ago, so it could be a little in the future. So he's either 19 or 20. So he's right on the cusp of whether it counts, anyways. And two, he's, he's not evil a hero as at first. Fuck. He He just fucking, yeah, he just kills some divers, right? Just randomly mercs them for no reason.
2: Oh, they, they know what they did. Yeah,
0: they invaded the ocean. Exactly. (laughs) Also, like, five issues later, he definitely brings a tidal wave against New York City and battles the Human Torch.
2: They know what they did.
0: No! Actually, they don't in this case.
2: (laughs) They were old school New York. It's a great issue. He's trying to clean up New York.
0: If you ever get the chance, check out Marvel Comics number one. It's the very first comic Marvel put out when they were still Timely Comics. It's where they get their name from. Namor first appears, and uh, the original Human Torch, who's a robot, first appear Mm -hmm. in it. It's interesting because the visual language of comic books doesn't exist yet really in the way that we think about it. Like, the the prototypes are there, but one of the fun of the Golden Age is you get some wildly interesting illustration. The eyes are strangely, like, bad manga-sized huge, but not, like, manga-designed in it. Everything looks, like, kind of, like, through drunk goggles.
2: Like that abstract expression, almost? It's, it's, it's more going for, like, a feeling than it is to try and specifically illustrate yes, a real I thing. Yes, I guess. It's
0: just so strange. It's cool. It's really pretty in a... A kind of ugly kind of way it's just the whole thing looks off well and some of the illustrations
1: don't have context mm-hmm. like people thought Namor's skin was blue at first because they only show him out underwater however you have and all to, the
0: other Atlanteans
1: are blue but you have to contrast it with illustrations of his mother who is shown as normal human skin out of water like not blue uh-huh and then when she's underwater talking to Namor she's the same
2: hue as him interesting so okay so there's just not a visual language built up for the audience really yes a yeah, lot of the stuff yet.
0: that we think of as standard anymore doesn't exist yet they're literally making up the format that we know as they go unfortunately, that does not mean they're as cool as we often want them to be. Some of them are incredible and a lot of them are just really boring as they just don't have the flow yet. But the other option is a Marvel Boy. Now, a different Marvel Boy... There have been like six Marvel Boys in the Marvel Universe. The most recent one being a kid named Novar who is a member of the Young Avengers and is pretty friggin' cool. Another one later becomes Quasar and not important. The original one is super wild and he only appeared in Twice. And he was given similar but radically different origin stories both times. First appearing in 1940, he was, I believe, the very first creation by Simon and Kirby. I'm not sure it's the very first, but it's one of the first. Uh, next, in the running. A year later, Simon and Kirby will go on to create Captain America together. Kirby will later go on to completely invent what the language of comic books are and start basically Marvel with Stan Lee. X-Men, Avengers, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, mm-hmm. Giant Man and the Wasp. No one cares about those two, but st- actually they got big name movies coming out. Wait, are they doing a Giant Man movie? Uh, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, well, he jumped good. back and forth between them. So the original Marvel boy is a child born with the soul of Hercules named Martin Burns who the soul of Hercules comes back to give him powers to fight Nazis. A few years later, a second version of Martin Burns comes out with an identical costume except this origin was he accidentally scratched himself on Hercules's mummified remains and got his powers as, like, Wait. infection. He was infected
2: with Hercules' super strength. I like that better. It's so good. That's so fucking cool. (laughs) Why does he have access to Hercules Remains? I don't know. That's my question, but that's a different thing. He goes on to create a costume that is a blue
0: long-sleeve shirt, a blue cowl, blue short shorts, blue, like, booties that go, like,
2: halfway up to his knee. Just showing off a little bit of thigh.
0: Showing off a lot of bit of thigh. And then just... Skies
2: out, thighs out.
0: And then just a big MB on his chest. (laughs) My favorite thing about this is Marvel... Have you ever heard of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe? Uh, Yes.
2: Only that you've told me about
0: it. Okay. So basically what it is, is some weirdo in Marvel decided that they were going to catalog and basically make Wikipedia entries for every Marvel character. Years and years before Wikipedia was even imagined. So they would release books, and it was just, like, encyclopedia entries for every character. It had their power levels listed out in ways that don't actually work, because defining power levels limits characters too much. It only works if you have
2: them all basically maxed yes, out. But they're like, power power five, intelligence three, like... Sorry, this is going to be a real, real weird tangent, but I was just looking up a Marvel character on, like, Marvel's official website mm-hmm. of it. Why is their power levels capped at 7? Who knows, man. It was just part of the official handbook thing. I just noticed this, and it was bringing up a character. Oh my goodness, Marvel... Marvel Boys design.
0: Martin Simon Burns. Make sure you get that name, because there's many Marvel Boys, and you have to, like, Wikipedia hole to track down the original one.
1: Oh no, it's even worse with Martin Oskner Burns.
0: Oh god, what is... Oh, I've never seen that one. That one's very oh, it is actively worse. It's got the little <laughs> fin head they liked in the Golden Age. It's they, yellow and, and... short, shorter. <laughs> it's that's a pretty new creation because I don't think he looked. I don't know. Um. Anyways, the official the official handbook of the Marvel Universe realized that there were these two origins, and instead of just picking one they decided there were two people both named martin burns both operating as marvel boy at the same time
1: yeah so oskner burns is the one that scratched himself uh-huh. hercules
0: one has the soul of hercules the other scratches himself with hercules so wait hercules is just fucking
2: radioactive then at this meanwhile
0: point. hercules is in the marvel universe and just hanging out at olympus at the time Okay. I love and hate all of this so much. <laughs> and this is why I part of me wants to do a season where we just, I pick random Golden Age characters and instead of asking questions, I just teach you about like the weirdest fucking Golden Age characters I can find. I haven't figured out a way to make it work yet, but like... We'll figure it out. I love these bizarre Golden Age characters. They, they are just oh my God. completely nonsensical. Why
2: does all the illustrations of him make him look like he has just the frailest little legs? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's because everything else is covered so it kind of lo- looks like he just drops trout. <laughs> like, were, every right. other part of him is covered except for the legs. Robin cute. at least has the short sleeves to go with the short shorts. Which makes it a little more proportional. It, yes, it looks a little
2: less funky. He looks like he's just in a suit of armor but only the top
0: hat. Yes, it looks like his pants fell off and he didn't have time to fix it. It's
1: like, we're doing this! Ugh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, We answered that, right?
0: Are we through this? (laughs) Unless you have something else there. I guess. No. Okay.
1: In order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with a sword to genre facts. I'll prod him a bit, see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep with this expedition's theme of DC villains. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on MangaCon?
0: He's from Justice League International he's a super he's an alien warlord that is like a big golden almost robot looking body not like super like mechanical but you know kind of metallic looking body he's got kind of a goofy face like really smooth I (laughs) want to say he wears a cape or something sometimes but he invaded during the justice league international era uh and he's kind of a parody of just various super you know alien warlord super villains like despero or uh mongol or whoever i can do a half redemption if we want because i don't know much about manga con in particular, he does end up, after being defeated, leaving his robot ally with the Justice League. Do you remember the robot's name? Yes, that's I was the just about part. to get to this. Elrond. Yes. <laughs> Named after L. Ron Hubbard, which they did because he he's a really famous science fiction writer, but it's really uncomfortable once you learn literally anything about L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. And one of the most interesting pieces of shit. God, he's a terrible person in history. L. Ron ends up going on to be a pretty big member of the Justice League just as their assistant. And at one point takes over the body of Despero, which was very strange. And then he later on goes back to his L. Ron body and disappears. Manga Khan reappears in a book called Formerly known as The Justice League where he is trying to get Elron back even though they don't have Elrond anymore No, they do because he's working for Maxwell Lord He tries to invade Earth to force Elron to return with him and there's the definite implication that Manga Khan is in love with Elron, and that's why he's trying to get him back It also ends with the implication that he fucks his other robot helper but
1: There's, there's nothing big sp- like specifically that you missed but you also kind of just got like mostly the generalization of him and had more about Elrond. I don't mind doing a half because I know who
0: he is but I mostly know him from Formerly Known where he shows up and tries to make a big deal about invading. He's not a terrible design. He's one of those Mm. I believe a Kevin McGuire design. Kevin might have left by that point. I don't know. He's so smooth. Could be Adam Hughes. Either way, Keith Giffen and... J.M. DeMatteis are probably his original creators. DeMatteis is interesting because he wrote one of the funniest books of all time in comic books, Justice League International, and one of the most fucked up with Craven's Last Hunt.
1: Yeah, and you're right, Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatteis.
0: What's the uh, artist? I'm it... going with Kevin Maguire, but I could be wrong. I don't remember when Kevin left JLI.
1: Steve Leola.
0: Oh, okay. Yep, that was... I don't know him. I've read some of his stuff. Like, he's... Lealoha? I have no idea, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: we'll go with a half, but you... You pretty much got on most of it. Well, but I think
0: I think there's some other fun things to say mm-hmm. about him. And plus, it's as I said, like he's fun. I just don't know much about him. I mostly know about the stuff that happened around him. And he's just big,
1: smooth, gold guy. He's ridiculously smooth looking. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
0: It's weird. It's to the point of weird.
1: Well, uh, <clears throat> that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to writer Stephen Gady and to Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Till next time, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.